with her colt by her side, a baby donkey, big donkey and a baby donkey. Untie them and bring them to me. Now if anyone says to you, tell him, if anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, this is Zechariah 9. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king come to you. Joe, I need my cough drop in my pocketbook. <coughs> Say to the daughter of Zion, I'm sorry. I'm like a clinic. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you gentle, riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road. Now that was way before the queen and Sir Walter Raleigh. Praise the Lord. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowd that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? And the crowd answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And Jesus entered the temple area and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said, my house will be called a house of prayer. But you're making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame, oh, listen to this. Out with the selling, in with the miracles. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple. He healed them. But when the chief priest and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, and the children shouting in the temple area, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise? And he left them, went out to the city of Bethany where he spent the night. Oh, praise the Lord. This is called, and it's a traditional day in Christianity, it's called the triumphal entry. I love that, the triumphal entry. It's Jesus coming in on a donkey. <clears throat> it's Jesus fulfilling prophecy. And what a beautiful prophecy. But I want you to notice the element involved in the entrance of Jesus. My master, Jesus the Lord, is the master of humility. You see, that is a virtue. That is a trait 
that people don't appreciate. And it takes you so long to notice that someone is humble. Isn't it the truth? You've got to know them for a little while before you come to the conclusion that they're humble. Because humble doesn't mean you're dopey. Humble doesn't mean you let the world beat on you. Humble doesn't mean you're out to lunch. Humble doesn't mean your shoulders sag and your head droops and you walk around. No, that's not humble. You see, humility does not have an outward appearance. You can see someone that looks elegant and maybe with your mentality, you think he's arrogant. He's all decked up and looking good. And you come to the conclusion, he's not humble. No, that's your conclusion. Let me tell you what humility is. It's how low a man or a woman bows down to God. That's humility. It's not that you look good in front of your fellow friends. It's not that you walk around with a sweet attitude because you're out to win people. It's not that you've read all the books up on, hey, I know how to be cool and classy. No, it's how low you bow before God. You may get up and look like a tower of strength. You may sound like a fireball. You may, but if you bow down low before God, you're humble. Because that's the only humility that counts. That's the only humility that counts. You say, well, no, that's it. And let me tell you something. In the world in which we live, no one wants to be humble. Anybody knocking themselves out for the prize of humility? Nobody. Nobody's tripping up. Nobody is running the dash because they want to be humble. No, 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 no. Humility, real humility, comes with a lot of knocks and bruises, with a lot of stepping on. But stepping on not because you're dopey, but because you're surrendered to God. And let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you something about fighting in life. Don't ever take on a fight that God doesn't give you. No. Somebody comes to me and says, Pastor Amy, this is a good situation and I want you to help us with it. And we're going to give you all the proposals and we're going to help us. You're a, you're a community person. You better believe I'm a community person. I pray for the whole community. I lift up everybody in this community, day and night. But I can't be a part of everything that's going on because, hey, ain't going to be nothing left. Ain't going to be nothing left. My priority, my priority is God. My priority is the preaching of his word. My priority, and it's the toughest job in the world, because the only thing I want to do is look and sound like Jesus, and I haven't arrived yet. Sometimes I sound like an old angry lady. Sometimes I just sound like a fat lady. And there's not too many people saying, oh, there she goes. Jesus. No, let her clear out. She bothers me. But that's okay. I'm still striving for it. Are you striving to be like Jesus? Yeah, that's it. Is there anything else? I look in the mirror and I say, Jesus, I want to look like you. Help me. And it's been a tough, tough struggle. For 50 years I've been trying. I haven't arrived. But that's okay. Join me. It's a good road. It's a good road. It's a strong road. It's a blessed road. Okay? Now Jesus was the master of humility. 
having it all, he never flaunted it. Isn't that amazing? Never flaunted it. Never flaunted it. We have what we have through God's grace. And when you need it, you'll have it. Isn't that amazing? Why? Because he never fails. Now let me tell you, he doesn't fail in his agenda with you. He may fail your agenda, but he doesn't fail his agenda with you. Because we want everything yesterday. Say amen. amen. It's the truth. You confirmed it. We want everything yesterday, but he knows when we can handle it. I'm getting things today that I prayed for 30 or 40 years ago, and I got them. Isn't that something? An empty house. A full refrigerator. Big knives that cut me. I got everything. I got everything. And you say, I bet, I bet you don't even want it now. Uy, muchacho, cuídate. Of course I want it. I love every moment of it. Joe has problems. You know, because Joe, Joe is really Joe. And there are things that he wants, and he wants them forever. Not me. Not me. But not me, not because I'm more spiritual. No. Because I'm tired. Having it all. Having it all, he never flaunted it. Ray, I'm watching you from here. I want you to know, okay? I've got my eyes on you. Don't fall asleep on me. Te quiero. Master of humility. Having it all, he never flaunted it. Do you know what Jesus would say in the first two years of his ministry? Every time he worked a miracle, do you know what he would say? Don't tell anybody. 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 Just go home. And to the, to the demon-possessed man, he says, just those that know you, tell them how you became sane. Okay? And you say, well, why, why did he say that? Why did he say that? I'll tell you why. He was watching a divine timetable that Satan would not snuff out his life ahead of time. He was being, because you see, we all think, oh, but wait a minute, he's like Superman. Nobody could snuff him out. He came into our territory. He came into the human territory. He came into the receiving of a body. He was limited, to, limited in the sense of his humanity. He was there where we're at. He knows every temptation you have ever had. You say, oh, sister, well, wait a minute. He was God. But you know what the scripture says? He lowered himself. Se anonado. What does that mean? It's the process of kenosis, the Greek word for it. And what does that mean? He self-emptied himself. So he could pour himself into what we are. And feel our pains and our temptations. Sister Amy, I'm going to be very blunt with you because I'm a nasty old man. Could he have been seduced? He was a man. Can a man be seduced? He could have been seduced. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. I can't handle this sermon. I'm sorry. Folks, he was human. 
That's why when you jump into the book of uh, into the book of Hebrews, what does it say? He's the perfect high priest because he went through everything you went through. He carried your flesh. He carried it all. Why do you think he says in Gethsemane, if there's another way out of this, take me, Father, take me out of it. And then quickly, thy will be done and not mine. Oh, pro, praise the Lord. I thank God. He would have to say to the people, don't tell it, but you know what? We tell everybody. Isn't it the truth? He watched God's timetable. And people would push us to do things and to get ahead of God. How do you feel about a man that an angel came to tell who he would be and what he would do? Born of elderly parents in the Judean hills, got to be the greatest man that Jesus considered before grace, John the Baptist. Lived in the wilderness. A leather, that's our first beatnik. That's our first hippie. The only thing he lacked was the, the guitar, but maybe he had a harp. I don't know. And there he is in the wilderness. A life completely separated to God, hearing God's voice. And God says, you're going to go ahead of him. You're going to tell the world about him. You're going to deal with him. It's going to happen. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Do you hear me? And finally he looks up and he says, okay, God, now how am I going to know who he is? How am I going to know? Upon whom the Holy Spirit falls in the form of a dove. That's the one. Okay. And six months before Jesus started his ministry, there was a voice that cried in the wilderness. It was the voice of John the Baptist. What a ministry. The multitudes came to him. The, the, the rabbis came to him. The Pharisees, the Sadducees came to him. The common people came to him. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands were baptized. Why? Because he was a man of God and they were proclaiming, this is Elijah. This is him. This is he. And they were so happy. And they said, are you Messiah? Why? Because his voice was anointed. Can you imagine somebody being filled with the Holy Ghost from the belly? I wonder if he cried in tongues. I'm dead serious. A child born in the magnificence of the power of the Holy Ghost. And there he is baptizing, baptizing, talking about the kingdom. And, and all he talked about was repent, repent, repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. And then Jesus shows up. And it was so beautiful. He looked at him. The connection from inside, the connection from up here, and the connection from in here drew him. And prophetically, he says, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. Do you know how privileged he was? Thousands upon thousands and hundreds upon hundreds of believers in the Old Testament knew it would happen. And none of them lived to see it happen. And here this wild, woolly fella, this bushy-tailed guy is in there preaching repentance. And he's got the word from the Lord. And he says, behold the Lamb of God. They wanted to say it. They wished they had seen it. They wished they were there. But he was there. Isn't it good to be where God wants you when he wants you at the right time? 
Six months later, Jesus, that's when Jesus showed up. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And he says, to, John says to Jesus, listen, you should baptize me because you're the head honcho in this. And, and Jesus says, no, John. So that all justice is fulfilled. What do you mean by that? I've got to give the perfect example of a human being, of a man. Baptize me. And he baptized him. Can you imagine how thrilled he must have been when Jesus came out of the water, like you folks came out Monday, remember? You take the water off your face, you pull your hair back, then the heavens opened, and from the heavens came a dove, and it lit upon the head of Jesus. And then there was a quake, and a voice that says, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, hallelujah, well pleased. No faults, no fios. Isn't that marvelous? What a, what a giant, right? And he was humble. He even had a special diet. God blessed him in a special way. And they wanted him to be Messiah. They wanted him to be king. They wanted him to be everything. John, we'll give you any title you want. What title? No, I'm just the voice that cries in the wilderness. And listen to this. Six months after he baptized Jesus, in that first year of the ministry of Jesus, he's beheaded. They kill him. Can you imagine a whole lifetime? Listen to me, folks. A whole lifetime being prepared to present the Messiah. And when he presents him, six months later, he's beheaded. You and I would say, oh, that's not fair. That's a, no, 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 it is fair. Because all we have to do on earth is what God wants us to do on earth. We're the ones that fall in love with life. We're the ones that want to kick up a storm. Until we can't kick anymore, then we just tremble. I want to be here just as long as God would have us here, right? Say amen. amen. Because anything after that is dangerous. I say this in terms of the importance of knowing God's timing. This entrance to Jerusalem, who would have ever prepared a parade for him? No one. You know, I, I like the script that was read at the beginning of this service. I see that parade prepared almost by, by angels. A whisper, a knock at a door. Join the parade. I want to be in Jesus' parade forever. Forever and ever. I want to march with him. I want to hop, skip, jump with him. I want to tell him I love him. I want to squeeze my children. I want to hug my grandchildren. I want to love each and every one of you. I have no problems with that. Because that's what life is all about. You know why you're unhappy? You don't love enough. You're so uptight. You're so closed into yourself. You're so lost in me, my, mine. Open up. Open up. Let someone else in. God's going to bless you. It says, Israel, your king comes to you. And there are two titles for the king. Number one, gentle. May I ask you a question? Where has gentility gone? Where has gentility gone? Oh, I long for it. I yearn for it. Just the touch of a hand. Just to help someone cross the street. 
just to take a package out of someone's arms. Gentility. Wipe a kid's tear. That's sweeter than the bitterness that makes him cry. That's the element of joy. He is gentle. Ladies, we're supposed to be gentle. Gentlemen, please be just that. I'm going to tell you a little secret and just close it somewhere in your heart. And let it stay there and let it zip up until it's worth everything in the world to you. Marriage is not sex. It's part of sex. It's not the satisfaction of that physical need. That's not the main part of it. You say, yeah, but, okay, I'll bring, I'll, bring, I'll bring my friend back to preach on that. Okay, he does it better than me. But you know, there are nights when we're not talking sex. We're talking hurting. We're talking needing someone to just hug you and hold your hand. But sometimes they're so wrapped in themselves, in their TV program, or in the little cup of coffee that they're making for themselves or something they haven't done or you haven't done. This goes male and female. And when you've taken care of all your little nicks and knacks and, and this and that, then you put on whatever you put on and you wrap your head the whatever way you wrap your head and you walk in looking like the zombie out of the zoo. That is not romantic, I will tell you that. But I got news for you. If even in that state, you take that little lady in your arms and say, I love you. It won't trigger a headache, so don't worry about that. It will trigger the most desired moment in the whole wide world. Just attend a moment. Just attend a moment. Jesus was gentle. Jesus was tender. In his face, you can see that. He says, Sister Amy, you've never seen his face. No, but I've read his words. And words reflect the face. When he tells the disciples, get away from the children. Let them come unto me. Can you see that little mob? That little mob of kids rushing in. See who could grab one leg, who could grab the other leg, who could hang on to that robe. And then he stood there and he just put his hands on them and he blessed them. And he blessed them, and he blessed them. And I can see the kids running back home saying, Mama, 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 he touched me. He touched me. Who? The man. What man? You know. You know. Can you see the mama saying, I touch you every day. Oh, no, Mama, not like he touched me. Hey, that was Jesus. That was Jesus. I, I love to think of my master that way, because if I didn't, prayer would be a horror show. When I go into prayer, I know he's waiting for me, and I know he's waited the whole day. And I'm kind of embarrassed because I choose him between TV programs. I choose him between newscasts. You know what I mean? And every now and then, I just stomp on that TV thing and said, no, not even news tonight. Only because I need him. You got to need him, folks. You got to need him. Came in riding on a donkey. Kings come in gold chariots, they come on white stallions. 
Some of them are hand carried under silk. And then you got presidents that go in Air Force One. But they're all carried in some magnificent way, depending upon the age and time. I love that. Came in on a donkey. But you know what intrigues me? How he got the donkeys. Oh, there's something about the Lord that's so nice. <laughs> he says to the disciples, go get me those donkeys. And he looks into their face and they say, now, wait a minute. You don't just go get donkeys. And then he says the most important thing. When they ask you, what are you doing? And the thing is, you got to go from one gospel to the other to hear the voice. Hey, leave those animals alone. I took my brother. What's his name? The one where he's here Friday night. I took my brother Jason to my house. I wanted to feed him something. And while he was in my house, they broke into his car. I live in such a nice place. And he came home to a, a broken window. And I'm sitting there all embarrassed. Saying, you know, next time, if you go to my house, go into the garage down. It's $5. I'll pay for it. Just put it in the garage, okay? Now let's go on with this. What I'm trying to say is he comes and what a disaster. People come. You say, what car was he using? Cheap. Range Rover. Cheap. Thank you. Some people know their cars. Okay. But the surrender of the donkey. If anyone asks you, tell them the Lord needs it. And then it goes on. It says, what a magnificent story to hold. I could write a book on that. I could write a book on that. On a man that one day went before God. And said, God, I'll give you everything I've got. I'll give you my business. I'll give you my home. I'll give, me my, I'll give you my children. I'll give you all my gold, God. And he waits for an answer. And God says, the only thing I want is your donkey. Give it to me. And the man sits back and he says, God, did you say donkey? Yeah, I said donkey. You want a donkey? Yeah, I want a donkey. What's... what's, what's What's, what's, what's the matter with that? I want a donkey. He says, okay. Okay. He walks out of his house. And he says, no, I can't tell anybody that God talked to me and tell me he, he wants a donkey. I, I wouldn't say that to a world. I wouldn't say that to anybody. And when he walks out there, I'm tying his donkey. And he says, hey, that's my property. Stop it. And the two disciples turned around, asustado, scared to death. They said, the Lord would have it. And the man says, who? The Lord. Oh, okay. Llévatelo. Oh, God, you really wanted my donkey. You really wanted my donkey. Oh, hallelujah. God may ask something so simple from you. Give it to him. You don't believe God asks for that, do you? He does. Sometimes he tells you to call up someone and you say, no, I don't want to. Sometimes he tells you to visit someone. I don't want to. Sometimes he just tells you to be kind to those people that live in your building and you don't even have time for that. Hey, obey the Lord, won't you please? If anyone asks, this was a glorious day because it was a fulfillment of scripture. You know what Zachariah says? Not only that he's coming in on a donkey, 
but that he is the Lord of righteousness. What does that mean? He came to show us God. And he came that we might look up and see God. But in order for God to be seen, and in order for him to show us God, in the middle, there's a cross. And that ties heaven to earth. And he dies on that cross. And you get to see God. And you're made righteous in that encounter. Glory to God in the highest. He is our righteousness. And from righteousness, he turns out to be our victor. When you're connected with God, you're a winner. Would you say that, please? When I'm connected with God, I'm a winner. I'm a winner. I'm a winner. Say it with anger. I'm a winner. You are a winner. It's just that we got to wake ourselves up and say, hey, wait a minute. We're a winner. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you because no one teaches humility like you do. With your life, with the acts of kindness and goodness. Miracles and wonders that people saw at your hand. And that today we witness in the testimony of Elba and in the testimony of so many other people. The testimony of these parents that brought their children. You are Victor. And everyone that came to receive their membership, you are Victor, Lord. You are Victor. Akabasuya Kamba. 